1: What is up, everybody? Welcome into this Monday episode of Flippin' Bats. It is the first episode of the week, meaning we got power rankings, we got team of the week, it is overreaction Monday, and so much more. Let's get to it. It's
0: a blowout, loaded for Verlander, who waits out
1: the wings and it's a high fly ball. Deep center field. It is gone. Home run. And a huge backflip to celebrate. All right, Ben, start the show already. What's up, my friends? I hope everybody had a great weekend. It is Monday, meaning we got a lot to cover in this show, including some new and improved power rankings, which are just all over the map at this point Like, I if you had told me at the beginning of the year that the power rankings would look like they do today I would be like I I don't think I believe you but we got a lot to cover It was a good weekend. Alex, again, you were all over the place. How was your weekend?
0: I mean, my weekend was magical. I was at Beach Life Festival. And of course, as always, dancing on stage, front row, just having the time of of my life. Because that's what I do. Happy is my vibe. But you, Buddy Ben, you were on a bachelor party in the desert, which I did not know. I knew the guys that you were on this bachelor party with. Wild Bunch, how are you doing?
1: Um, I'm doing good. It was it was quite the weekend. I also have a story that I have yet to tell anyone oh. because I didn't want you to know. So I want to yeah, I I'm going to tell this story okay. that hardly anybody knows. On my drive down there Friday morning, I had a 6:30 tee time at PGA West, one of the nicest courses there is. 6:30 tee time. I left LA at 3 a.m. by myself, driving out there the middle of the night. Wild. I get about an hour and a half into my drive, and my back right tire blew out. No. Complete blowout. You don't
0: have run flats?
1: I do. Wait, something. I, what? So I must have hit. My tires were fine. They're actually new. Yeah. I must have hit something, because I heard something, and then about 10, 15 seconds later, completely gone, I lost control of my vehicle, I thought, I thought my my brakes went. I thought I lost my brakes because I was standing on my brakes and I couldn't stop my car. In the middle of the night, standing on my brakes. How
0: fast are you going? Uh,
1: 75. on the, I was 70, speed. Seventy-five yeah. in between 75 and 80. Standing on my brakes, couldn't stop. It was like, I, there was nothing I could do. Trying to keep my car straight and I finally was able to get, I was in the left lane, yeah. finally able to get off to the side but there's no room off to the side. So it's 4.30 in the morning. My t- I get out. My tire's completely gone. Just disintegrated. There's nothing there. There's trucks like five feet to my left going, flying by me. I It was a nightmare of a trip down there. That's and terrifying. And I legitimately, thank God nobody was on the, the roads were not crowded. But I yeah. legitimately was just trying to keep my car straight and standing on my brakes and nothing, it was awful awful situation.
0: That's like heart in your stomach, in your throat. Like,
1: (gasps) yeah. Oh, I'm uh, thankful. I'm alive. Okay. Oh my goodness. Uh, I missed the first couple of holes of my tea time, which was unfortunate, but you know, I lived. That's great. Um, so yeah, all in all, I get off the side. Everything from, from the second, the tire blew to me being back on the road was about an hour and 15 minutes, which that's middle of the night, middle of nowhere in the desert. That, yeah. taking that it was it it all turned out okay but had to go get a new tire and all that stuff but the weekend was wild and it start that's how it started
0: <laughs> like like a life-threatening situation yep. on your way out there oh like, yeah
1: and show up on the third ben, hole of a golf course and i'm like well
0: i almost this, died guys i
1: almost died yeah
0: oh well uh i'm really happy that you're okay Thanks. and that you're alive and now oh we're good gosh. now
1: we're back things are rolling <laughs> ended up all okay made it back safely And now we're here. It was a good weekend of baseball, which is good. Um, Enough of that sad story. There's a great story that happened. Liam Hendricks, uh, who had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, Mm -hmm. finally got back out on the mound for the first time after recovering and is cancer-free, takes the mound for the first time in a rehab appearance down in the minor leagues. A clean inning, which doesn't even really matter. It's just he's healthy yeah. and Liam Hendricks is back on the mound. That was awesome to see.
0: Like, there's got to be so many emotions, not only for Liam, but his entire family and the White Sox organization, just knowing everything that he went through. And when he got to ring that bell that he yeah. was cancer-free and he was able to to recover and come back and pitch so quickly. Because we talked about this yeah. story earlier this year. We showed him at the hospital ringing the bell that he was done with his treatments. He was coming back. And he's like, he said he couldn't do this without the support yeah. of his wife and the organization. So just, I want like a huge air hug and know, congrats to, to Liam Hendricks and his family because this is just so special special to be able to make it back to the mound after going through something like and that
1: really qu- it, that conversation when he was when he was ringing the bell it was like he's gonna pitch again but who knows how long it's the beginning of may yeah. and he's back out on a mound like awesome and before warming up during that game before the game He's wearing a shirt, kicked cancer's ass. I mean, he should wear that that every single time. Never take it off. Never. Every (laughs) single time he's taken
0: the mound, that is his warm-up T-shirt. Yeah. That is incredible.
1: Yep, good for him. I love Uh, that. At the end of last week, Alex, you and I talked a lot about the weekend of baseball. We did. Not knowing that Liam Hendricks would take the mound, which just added to the weekend. But we got a great weekend of baseball. Padres, Dodgers Mm. was our tale of the tape. Our bet on the weekend of yep. who would win. Padres win game one against Kershaw. Tatis, a couple of homers, Dodgers take game two. Dustin May looked really good there. Great series. All was chalked up to be. And as many of you know, we record the Monday episode, Sunday night, after the big chunk of games takes place. But the Sunday night game this week is Dodgers and Padres. So that is currently ongoing. Game three, the rubber match, it's bottom of the seventh, two to one ball game, Padres in the lead. So uh, we will keep an eye on that throughout all this, but this has been an awesome series. I
0: mean, we got everything we hoped we would get out of the series. We got drama, which we'll break down in just a bit. We won't dive into (laughs) right now, Um, but we also got home runs. We got the passion and we're really starting to see that there is a rivalry here. And I think that really happened after the Padres beat the Dodgers in the playoffs last season. It's like, okay, you came to play. They stacked their roster this year. And it's it's a great matchup. And it's really fun to watch.
1: I love that you're a, a Dodgers fan that admits that it's a rivalry. Because I feel like for like a it year or two it now. It wasn't until, until the when?
0: Padres beat the Dodgers in the playoffs.
1: Okay. Okay.
0: The Dodgers owned the Padres up until that moment, and that was the turning point. It's like, okay, you came to play. Let's keep it going, and it's fun. And we're getting drama, sassy, kind of cheeky little little stuff happening now, which we'll dive I into think, a little later. I think later. that's fair.
1: I think that's fair. It is fair. Padres fans have been saying it's a rivalry for like a year and a half now. No. But Dodgers fans, I don't know if they will all admit that it's a rivalry, but – no. You're more, you're a level-headed Dodger fan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. But <laughs> I also, like,
0: I'm not, like, just a Dodger fan. I'm also an Angels fan. And then in college, I was a Padres oh, fan. True. So it's like, yeah, I respect You were a
1: Padres fan and...
0: Well, no, I went down.
1: <sighs> Time out.
0: No, no, okay.
1: Time out. You grew up, yeah. born and raised a Dodger fan. At
0: Dodger Stadium with season tickets my entire life. And you go to college at San Diego State yep. and
1: you just say while you're there. Well,
0: well I went to a lot of Padres I'm games. Pod-
1: I've mean, been against to them. I a
0: ton of Padres games. I'm not that kind of a fan. The only team I I do that to is the San Francisco Giants. That's the only like aggressive like no, can't do it. Um other than ah. that like I just I'm a player fan. I'm a I, like, I am a fan of the players and it depends who's playing at the time and I I
1: yeah, we'll need to dive into this more. At yeah, some point. that's, that's a conversation for this. another time. That's, that's tough sports. <laughs> we need to talk about this. Um, also, over the weekend, Bryce Harper with his first homer of the season back at home at Citizens Bank. Obviously, we talked about it last week. Makes his historically fast return from Tommy John. Had a three-hit game in his second game, and then his second game back at home, his first home run of the year. Which was awesome to see. But, Alex, you know what I really like to see? Hmm. They were playing the Red Sox, who Masataki Yoshida is on another planet right now. He's playing so well. But he is and has been, like, Bryce Harper's number one fan. Yeah. and He said
0: he was his idol.
1: He was his idol. He He wore number 34 in Japan for Bryce Harper. His dog's name is Harper. Yeah. I mean, his number one fan. And then... Bryce Harper's first home series back with Masataki Yoshida in the league. They're playing each other, and he got to meet him, went up. There's a picture of this. It's so cool. Um, They shook each other's hand, and Bryce brought him two signed bats and some signed cleats. I think one of the bats is from the NLCS last year. So rad. Just a a great story all around here.
0: That's a class act right there because – It's always special to see the impact that a star athlete can have on that next generation of athletes, and we're seeing it right here. And and sometimes it's hard when you're like, oh, now I'm the older generation. But to have this kind of respect and to acknowledge that you influence this young player's life so much so – That he wanted to be just as great as you and in the league, and then now he's playing against you is just such an incredible sign of respect from Bryce Harper. So, mad props, and what a special moment!
1: I agree. I agree. Very cool. Bryce Harper deserves a ton of credit for the player he's been. uh, He came in with so much hype, and then yeah, he came in with
0: Mike Trout. Like that was a crazy class. (laughs) that came in that year.
1: (laughs) So. Good for Harper on, on that, and awesome for Yoshida as well. But Alex, mm-hmm. it is Monday, and you know what that means. It is time for Overreaction Monday.
0: Yep. So I'm going to give
1: you four statements. We have four,
0: four. overreactions okay. here. And you're going to either tell me it's an overreaction or no, that is not an overreaction. Okay. And give me some details as to why. Okay. Are you ready? Yep. Let's start with our first overreaction. The Red Sox will make the playoffs. Hmm. Hmm.
1: The Red Sox are hot. Red Sox have won eight in a row, had won eight in Mm -hmm. a row until they lost on Sunday. Uh, They're sitting at 21 and 15. They're doing everything well. Their offense is elite right now. Pitching has been good enough. 13 consecutive games where the starting pitcher has gone at least five innings. So five or more innings. Their offense so good with Duvall. Duvall was the best player in baseball when he got hurt and I, was broken wrist, I believe it was, and Trevor Story out as well. So the offense is missing some key guys, and they've been great. They've knocked out the opposing starter before the end of the fourth inning ten times, which leads all of baseball. Um, it, it, the numbers go on since I, I mentioned since April fourteenth. Their offense is first in hits, first in average. First in on-base percentage. First in OPS. Third in slugging. But, so I I will admit that I I think I undervalued the Red Sox a bit heading into this year. They've been great. However, I'm still not ready to say that they're a playoff team this year. The reason being, Mm -hmm. the AL East. That's the division they're in. That's the division they have to play against all year long. So you have... Four other teams that are very good. And who are they going to let's raise Jays, Orioles, Yankees. Like I, I I believe in those teams. Look, I'm gonna say it's an overreaction. Mm-hmm. They're playing much better. I thought they would be perhaps an under five hundred team this year as they were last year, a last place team. They're they're better than that this year, but I don't think they're a playoff team yet.
0: It's tough because, yeah, they're over 500, but there's still seven and a half games (laughs) out of first place when you're in the same division as the best team in baseball, the Tampa Bay Rays right now, who, you know, as you've mentioned before, have uh, historically great starts to seasons, but it doesn't always pan out for the remainder of the year. So there's a lot that can happen, but they are in the toughest division in the league, however, I will say it is better for the league when Boston is playing well. I so agree. this when is Fenway just, is
1: rocking, yeah, sweet Caroline blasting, uh, it's it's always a great time. But I'm just I, I'm I'm not saying they I'm just not ready yet okay. to say they're a playoff team. I'm not. They've been pitching well. I'm not very high on their pitching still, and I'm gonna say that this is an overreaction that the Red Sox will make the playoffs. Okay. Okay. Are you
0: ready for our next overreaction? Yes. Hmm. This is a little bit of drama that we were talking about off the top of the show. The Padres went too far putting crying Kershaw on the Jumbotron.
1: Oh, come on. No! This is an overreaction. Are you kidding me? They win the game against Clayton Kershaw, and they play their Padres wing ring. Padres win Bell on the scoreboard, but this time put a photoshopped crying Clayton Kershaw on the scoreboard. Oh, come on. This is great. Clayton Kershaw is one of the best to ever do it. It's a respect thing. If the Padres had beat Phil Bickford, they're not going to put Phil Bickford up (laughs) on this jumbotron. No, it's Clayton Kershaw. He's one of the best to do it. It's a respect thing. It's baseball. It's fun. Let it happen. Kershaw himself isn't mad at it. He says, look, I should have pitched better. Whatever. Who cares? So why should anybody else be overworked about this? It's baseball. It's fun. Like... Don't make this a how dare you do that to Clayton Kershaw thing. No, this is respect. They're doing it because it's Clayton Kershaw, and there's this building rivalry that is so good for the game of baseball. This just adds to that. They're not saying Clayton Kershaw isn't good or isn't a Hall of Famer or isn't one of the best to ever do it. They're saying you're Clayton Kershaw, you're one of the best to ever do it, and we beat you tonight, we're going to have fun with it, and that is okay with me.
0: It's petty AF. It's so petty. petty. And I'm here for like some good petty fun, especially because this is starting to become a big rivalry. So I'm not mad at that. And think about the other biggest crying meme in the world. It's crying Jordan. And that's also a respect thing, is the crying Michael Jordan. Like he is one of the greatest in the game. So yeah, I mm, obviously like. It's it's funny. It's it's it it's all a part. It's all a part of the drama that this these like these series are just gonna keep having more and more, yep. which I I can't wait for.
1: As a uh, Dodgers and Padres, no fan Dodgers. Yourself, I was looking forward to getting your answer. <laughs> Dodgers, Dodgers slash fan. Padres fan, Alex Curry. Stop.
0: Dodgers <laughs> fan. I like going to Padres games when I was in college. I should have framed that differently. It's such a good.
1: It's a great venue. I okay. love that stadium.
0: It's funny and it, yeah. Yeah, that's it, it's idea. fine.
1: It, don't get worked up over this. Who, no, yeah, no, whatever.
0: Are you ready for our next overreaction? Yep. Yanir Kano is the next elite closer.
1: I'm going to I'm going to say this isn't an overreaction. Ooh. I have fallen in love with Yanir Kano and what he has done this year and his story along the way. Like before this season, before even like a month ago, a couple of weeks ago, It it, it was who even is this guy like what I know the name, but who is he He was part of a trade? Let's let's get a little bit of understanding on what he's done so far this year. He's pitched 16 innings, 16 innings, two hits. He's given up two hits all year long in 16 innings with a 0.00 ERA has not given up a run, has a whip meaning walks and hits per innings pitched. He has a whip of 0.13. That is remarkable. Legitimately, only three people have gotten on base against him all year long. Zero walks on the year Mm -hmm. compared to 19 strikeouts in 16 innings pitched. Not a single walk. Now, this is incredible when you consider that this is a guy that so far in his very young MLB career had really struggled last year, an 11.50 ERA, 18 innings pitched, 26 hits given up, 16 walks in 18 innings. Think of that contrast. And then he's a part of the trade that brought Jorge Lopez to the Twins. He was one of the four players that the Orioles got in the Jorge Lopez trade. And then he comes over, and he pitches a very small amount of time last year with the Orioles, and he was not good. It was not pretty. Fast forward to spring training of this year. Glimpses of being really, like, looked good. Totally new pitcher. Didn't make the team. Ends up coming up, being on the Orioles. Wasn't even supposed to pitch in the game. They had to use them because they ran out of options. And he dominated in the game and has never looked back. He has been unbelievable this year, and this isn't just some fluke of some guy that's getting lucky and getting away with hard contact. This guy has a tricky three-quarters arm slot. He's throwing 97-98 with a changeup that just falls off the table. Man, this is an awesome story, and I will say that this is not an overreaction. I think Yannir Cano is the next elite closer in the game of baseball.
0: Hot take, and I like it. Yeah. Let's move on to our final overreaction you ready for it yep the Cardinals are mishandling Contreras
1: the Cardinals are not only mishandling the Wilson Contreras situation they're mishandling the entire 2023 season let's start with the Wilson Contreras situation where the team came out and said that Contreras won't be the team's catcher for the foreseeable future You just signed this guy to a five-year deal for $87.5 million to be the catcher for this team. The catcher that replaces future Hall of Famer, in my opinion, Yadier Molina, as the future for this organization. What do you mean he's not going to catch for the foreseeable future? Now, they said it was for comfortability reasons for the starting rotation who has not been very good so far this year. But that doesn't make any sense to me. Just when it seemed the Cardinals front office made one of the most boneheaded moves you can make and the most boneheaded move of the season so far, they go and say, hold my beer, we got one more for you in this situation. So this move is coming from the front office, clearly, and I do not understand it. They said when it first came out, it was said he's going to mostly DH, maybe play a little bit of first base and a little bit of corner outfield. And then the day after this was said, they came out again. The president of baseball ops for the Cardinals comes out and says, now I know that it came out yesterday, but after talking with him, it's basically going to be more in the DH role right now. And there's light at the end of the tunnel to get him back behind the plate. What does that even mean? What does? tunnel. You created this tunnel. There was no, there's no need for a light at the end of the tunnel. You said he's not going to catch anymore for the foreseeable future. And it just feels like this is an excuse for bad pitching. Well, I have news for you, Cardinals front office. Everybody knew that the pitching for the Cardinals this year was going to be bad. You just hope the offense could be elite enough to make up for it. But this isn't some like groundbreaking news that a good rotation has turned out to be bad this year. No, not at all. This is something that everybody knew would be the Cardinals' problem this year. And guess what? Just over a month into the year, it is a problem for the team. So it feels like we're using Wilson Contreras as an excuse for why they're not good. Let's talk about 2016. World Series champion Chicago Cubs. Their starting pitching that year had the fourth-best team ERA in the game of baseball. Guess who was a young rookie catcher that played almost half the games for that team that season? You guessed it, Wilson Contreras. He was great for them. He was a big part of their success in that World Series. And it now all of a sudden just feels like this Cardinals team in their first month with him, the first 30 games is just saying, "Uh uh-uh, this guy isn't a catcher. Well, you just paid him $90 million to be your catcher. Maybe, just maybe, you should have put a better pitching rotation out there on the field and not just blame him for this. I also mentioned the other boneheaded move that they made to start the year that was the biggest bizarre move that I've seen. It was sending down Jordan Walker to start the season. Jordan Walker had a historically good start to his career. Had a 12-game hit streak. Players in the last 110 years to start their MLB career with a 10 or more game hitting streak before turning 21 years old. Jordan Walker. That's it. That's the list. And he was playing pretty well. He started struggling towards the end, but then they just stopped playing him and optioned him down to AAA because apparently he was struggling. They said he needed to work on his swing. Well, let him work on it in the big leagues. Work on it with him. I will forever remember my brother gives a ton of credit to Jim Leland in his career for saying I. he let me struggle in the big leagues as a young pitcher. He wouldn't take me out in the fifth or sixth inning when I got in a little bit of trouble. He let me pitch through it, and sometimes that meant getting lit up and getting hit pretty hard in those innings as well. But he let me work through it, and he gives him a lot of credit for how that helped his career turn out. But what does this show Jordan Walker that they they might not believe in him or at any sign of struggle you could just possibly get sent down? And this is a Cardinals team that wasn't playing good at the time and still isn't playing good, entering the week – They are 11 and 24 in dead last place in the NL Central and reached the 10 games under 500 mark for the first time since 2007. That sounds crazy because it is. This is an organization that has become accustomed to winning, maybe not winning World Series every year, or maybe not being in the playoffs every single year, but being there, being good, Being in contention year in and year out. And now they're not. And now it's really bad. And they're even coming off of an eight-game losing streak that ended Sunday. Eight-game losing streak for this offense that was supposed to be absolutely elite this season. Eight-game losing streak finally came to an end Sunday thanks to Paul Goldschmidt's three home runs in the game. Reigning NL MVP winner. Paul Goldschmidt. But don't worry, Cardinals fans. He might be out of the lineup soon because Wilson Contreras needs to play some first base instead of be catcher. It just doesn't make sense.
0: So yeah, it's an over it's not an overreaction. I don't even
1: remember the question at this point. Uh, <laughs> I
0: loved it. No, that that Cardinals was that was the fire that we needed. Yes. That was the fire that we yes. needed just now. Yes, they the Cardinals. Absolutely
1: are mishand- mishandling this. That is not an overreaction yeah. at all. I dig that. Thank you for bringing it back to what the actual
0: You're welcome. Side, tent, and, side and, note. and we're back. <laughs> yes. But now we're moving on. Because that ends overreaction Monday, and it is time now to talk about the top three rookies. Of the week. And let's start with number three, Josh Young.
1: Josh Young has been great this year and another good week, hitting three homers on the week, a couple of really big ones for a Rangers team that is very good this year. Mm -hmm. Eight RBIs on the week. He hit 273. I've loved this guy. And we could be talking about an AL rookie of the year season for this guy. That's how good he's been and how important he is to this Rangers lineup. So, Three Homers on the week for the rookie, good for him.
0: Number two, Bryce Miller.
1: I'm I'm loving this guy. And it was, you know, I didn't imagine coming into this year saying the the Mariners are gonna be a top five rotation. That's what I was saying. Yeah. But I didn't imagine we'd be talking about Bryce Miller this early in the year. But guess what? With what happened to Robbie Ray going down, mm-hmm. um, and it's just been necessary to call him up and have him up. And this past week, 12 innings pitched with 15 strikeouts, only one earned run given up. Bryce Miller is a dude. He is the real deal. And the outing that he his best outing was against the Houston Astros, mm-hmm. a great offense. So he had an outing against the A's and an outing against the Astros, and he was dominant against the Astros. Only gave up four hits in total on the week. So he's at number two.
0: And at number one, Masataka Yoshida.
1: I It's crazy what he's doing right now. I a couple of weeks ago, when he hit those two homers in an inning, he had two home runs in one inning in Milwaukee. One of them was a grand slam. And I said that day, that this is going to be the Masataka Yoshida breakout game. And I don't know what his numbers are since that exact day, but he has not looked back. And I I guarantee you they might look something like what they looked like from this past week, where he hit 458. Two homers on the week, eight RBI. He's he's turned it on. And this is what we we saw this from him in the World Baseball Classic. Mm-hmm. And and we saw him figure it out, and kind of just rake throughout the tournament. He had those big homers and huge situations for Team Japan in that semifinal game, the homer down the line. I mean, he's the real deal, and he's now showing it for the Red Sox. So Josh Young, Bryce Miller, and Masataka Yoshida are my top three rookies of the week.
0: Which now leads us into your team of the week. And I have a feeling we might be seeing one of those names on this list. So let's start Behind the plate with your catcher, Sean Murphy.
1: Sean Murphy. He was on my team of the month in yes. his first month with a new team. And now to start off this new month, he's back on team of the week. 391 on the re- on the week with three homers and 12 RBIs, an OPS of almost 1,400. Sean Murphy, so far this year, has been the best catcher in baseball. And it's it's been a huge pickup for a team that almost felt complete. And then they went out and added Sean Murphy, who's one of the best young catchers in the game of baseball, and quickly putting himself on the horizon as a top catcher in the game of baseball. I certainly put him in that top, top five catchers in the game, maybe top three catcher in the game of baseball right now. So he's my catcher on Team of the Week.
0: All right, moving up to first base, Christian Walker.
1: Yep, Christian Walker batted 429 in the week, three homers, 1,400 OPS as well. Uh, it's very similar numbers to Sean Murphy. And the D backs got hot. D backs played some good baseball. I like, you know, I like their team. You know, I'm a big Corbin Carroll guy. Oh, and we know. Christian Walker was big for that team <laughs> this week. He's my first baseman.
0: All right, moving over to second base, Ozzie Albies.
1: Ozzie's having the best year for a second baseman in the game of baseball, I think, right now. Yeah. 433, two homers, five doubles on the week, and an 800 slugging percentage. I love me some Ozzie Albies and switch hitter from both sides of the plate. And if he can hit from the left side of the plate like he can hit from the right, uh, we're talking an elite player in this game, and he has been so far this year. So. Uh, good for him, and he's at second base.
0: All right, moving to third base, JD Davis.
1: Yeah, JD Davis over out there in San Francisco, having a had a really good week, and it's a, a week that the a week that the Giants need. They need to find offense from from somewhere because. We all know their offseason didn't exactly work out nope. for them with getting that big offensive bat they needed. So they need somebody to step up. And this week it was J.D. Davis, three fifty two homers, and an OPS over 1,100. He's at third base.
0: Shortstop, Javi Baez.
1: I love that I'm able to say this because I, Javi Baez had gotten to a place where it was a tough watch, and he seemed to be striking out every other – at bat, striking out three times a game, and now he's on a roll. 409 on the week, three homers, an OPS over 1300, and for the first time in his career, he played in five full consecutive Major League Baseball games without striking out a single time. So, to me, that says perhaps we got a little shift, mm-hmm. a little bit of a, um, a little bit of shift of a mindset at at the plate. Which is exactly what he needed and a good week for him he's my shortstop
0: all right now we're moving into the outfield and again this is just your top three outfielders not necessarily by left center right field so let's start with anthony santander
1: yeah this i was i was expecting a big year out of him especially after the wbc for venezuela and a bit of a slow start, but I just kept wondering when is it going to start happening for him? Because I I believed it to be true, and I think this week is this is the breakout of of the season, the breakout point of a season for him. Four thirty five, three homers, eight RBIs from both sides of the plate. Uh, I really like him, and I like what he did for the Orioles this week. He's my first of three outfielders,
0: and your next is Masataka Yoshida.
1: Yep. Yep. Talked a little bit about him already, but what a week he is having. What a month the man is having. 4.58 on the week with two homers and an OPS over 1,300. Man, the guy is absolutely raking. He's my second of three outfielders.
0: And finally, Alex Verdugo.
1: Another Red Sox player. Yeah, The Red Sox are playing good baseball, and it's a lot because of these two outfielders who are raking. Verdugo, 400, two homers, 1420 OPS. I'm rocking his shirt Hey, where he was rocking the baby last year. That was kind of his celebration, and he's he's having a great year so far. So uh, he's my third outfielder. So we have Anthony Santander, Masataka Yoshida, and Alex Verdugo as my three outfielders.
0: All right, moving to the designated hitter, Marcel Zuna.
1: Another Atlanta Brave on here, and three fifty-four homers on the week in a nine fifty slugging percentage, which is it. It kind of came out of nowhere. He was he was downright bad to start the season, and then he had a multi-home run game, really figured it out and put together. One of the best weeks in the game of baseball at 350 with four homers. So he is my designated hitter.
0: Moving to starting pitcher, Eduardo Rodriguez.
1: Yeah, Eduardo Rodriguez threw great against the New York Mets. He had that outing where he went eight innings, nine strikeouts, only gave up two hits, and he's now, this year, has a 1.8 ERA on the season. I mean, we're talking about a guy that's out there dominating this year and it was great to this is this is like vintage Eduardo Rodriguez which we hadn't yet seen in a Tigers uniform and we are this year the guy's not going to throw 96 by you but he's going to spot up he's going to absolutely paint on the corners mix speeds mix, mix pitches and he did that this week so he's my starting pitcher on team of the week
0: and wrapping it up with the closer Alex Lang
1: Man, another Tiger on the whole battery. We got Eduardo Rodriguez. We got Alex Lang. We got Javi Baez at shortstop. Man, look at the Tigers turning around a little bit. Three saves on the week. Three and two-thirds innings pitched. Eight strikeouts in those three and two-thirds innings. Only two hits allowed and zero earned runs on the week. So he's the closer, and he closes out this week's team of the week.
0: So now it's time Mm -hmm. for our Players of the Week. Who you got?
1: Player of the Week for me Uh is Masataka Yoshida. Not surprised. I mean, how good has this guy been? Since that game I mentioned, the two-homer game in Milwaukee, this guy has been – there's an argument for the best player in the game of baseball. 458 on the week, eight runs scored, two homers, eight RBI. And I I love – to see it. I love seeing the homers, the dumbbell, the inflatable dumbbells mm-hmm. in the dugout when he hits homers. So congrats to Masataki Yoshida on the week he's having, on the month he's having. He is my player of the week.
0: And my player of the week was also in the outfield with your player of the week, Ooh. Anthony Santander. I mean, what a week he has had. <laughs> batting 435 seven runs three home runs eight rbi and the orioles are such an exciting team right now with so much talent that it's just it is so fun to watch but he is a top of the league in offense so far in may he is top three in so many categories you ready for this yep. he has the second most hits in major league baseball second most total bases in major league baseball only player with more than 20 hits and hitting over 400 and third most runs in major league baseball (laughs) was seven so he is absolutely crushing the month of may which is the first week which is why he is my player of the week
1: all right so we got a good team of the week and Masataki yoshida and anthony santander are our players of the week alex i mentioned that uh the game is going on currently, as you know, we record on. Oh, we're
0: both watching it.
1: We record on Sunday during the Sunday yeah. night game, and it was two to one, two to one Padres entering the ninth inning with Josh Hader on the mound, and the game is now in the bottom of the ninth. Because uh, Mookie it up. Betts Mookie came Betts, up. Homer. Man, so what a game we are That's watching the matchup you right want. now. We have t- we talked a lot about this matchup heading into the weekend. Yeah. While we're recording for the Monday episode, we're getting a great ending in the rubber match of this series. So uh, we are still keeping an eye out on that. But now it is time for my new and improved power rankings. Power rankings. This week's top 10 Major League Baseball power rankings. And we will start at number 10, with the Milwaukee Brewers. The Brewers are here at number 10, 19 and 15. A bit of a slide down this list. I believe they're down four spots from where they, they previously are. were. And at one point, they were even up, I believe all the way up to the three spots. So 19 and 15, they were on a six game losing streak. So tough to have a team on here that went on a six game losing streak last week, mm-hmm. but they end the week on a win with a win on Sunday and kept them in here hanging on by an absolute thread though might i say but they're here at number 10.
0: And at number 9, they were not ranked last week, the Diamondbacks.
1: The D-backs, man, look at them. They are they're on a roll. I tweet it pretty much every time the D-backs win. I tweet out the snake logo yeah. because I I don't know. I just have taken a liking to what the D the fighting <laughs> rattlesnakes. <laughs> now I'll work on it. The fighting snakes. The fighting Corbin Carrolls, that's what we'll stick with. The the Diamondbacks are newcomers on this list. As you said, they were not ranked last week. They're 19-15 and as well. And, uh, yeah, they're they're playing really good baseball right now. So they are here on this list. Tough loss on Sunday, though. Tough loss to the Nationals. They were going to be higher, was ready to go with that, and then a really bad loss to the Nationals on Sunday. But they're still on this list, and they're here at number nine.
0: All right, moving to number eight. Down three spots, the Pirates.
1: Yeah, the Pirates have been a – the Pirates didn't win a game this past week. And, and this was interesting for me because I, I've been very excited about the Pirates and what they're doing this year where they started the season 20-8. and eight. And then this past week, past they've lost seven in a row where they finally played – not finally, they've played some good teams in this season, but they had a very tough week where they had to face the Rays and the Jays, and they didn't win a game against any of those. So this season's kind of been a roller coaster so far for this team, where it seems really good, but now how are you going to do when the schedule gets tough? And they're in a tough stretch right now, and it has not started off well. So they they dipped down a bit in these power rankings, and they are here at number seven.
0: Yeah. Uh- Number eight. Now, number number seven, who has also been a roller coaster of a season, and they're on the up right now. They were not ranked last week. I don't know if they've been ranked this season. The Boston Red Sox.
1: Sox are 21 and 15. Really good offense since the middle of April. Arguably the best offense in baseball, and their pitching has been more than adequate, good enough to get the job done. Their pitching is what could possibly hold them back this season, but they they've gone on a stretch of 13 consecutive games where the starter gets at least five or more innings, and that's a good recipe for success. Good pitching and elite hitting, and that's why they're here. They're here at number seven.
0: Moving on to number six, my Dodgers back in the power rankings. They were not ranked last week.
1: Yes, they weren't previously ranked. Uh, I think it's been a I think it's been two weeks without them being. Okay. ranked. but it is time, and it's it's time to put them back pretty high on this list at number six 20 and 14 they are so they're playing really good baseball now much better it was 20 and 14 entering sunday might Mm -hmm. i add so really good for them much better this is the team we expected to see out on the field and uh, they're here at number six
0: now moving into your top five up three spots The Texas Rangers.
1: Texas Rangers, 20 and 13. Absolutely. They almost scored 20 runs on Sunday. This team's offense is really good. I mentioned Josh Young is a rookie. Marcus Simeon's doing really good. And guess what? Corey Seager is set to come back kind of soon. So I'm getting higher and higher on this Rangers team. And as a result, they are getting higher and higher in the power rankings. And for the first time, they're in the top five.
0: Number four also up three spots. The Baltimore Orioles.
1: How about the O's? Yeah. Uh, another good week. Now they did lose two of three to the Atlanta Braves in, in that weekend series, but I was so I actually walked away from that series as impressed with them as I could. You know, they're they're twenty two and twelve, but that series against the Braves the Braves are the best team in the National League and one of the best teams one of the best teams in the game of baseball and the Os went in there on the road and looked really good against them and then that Sunday game went into extra innings could have gone either way so i don't knock them for losing that series in the fashion they did they looked every bit the part of They looked every bit the part of playing in that series and beating the Atlanta Braves. It was a great series. I moved them up to number four.
0: Number three, holding Strong, same as last week, the Blue Jays.
1: Yep, Blue Jays have stayed the same right here at three. The Blue Jays are really good. I I mean, I I picked them to win the AL East. It's going to be tough. (laughs) It's going to be tough. But they're, they're getting it all offensively. They're doing really well. And I've really liked what I've seen. I'm starting to see more and more improvement from this pitching staff, who they're here at number three with their pitching staff not doing what they were expected to do. I I thought this would be arguably the best rotation in the game of baseball. Manoa hadn't been great to start the year. Jose Barrios looks like he might be turning a corner. I like where the Blue Jays are at. And they're here at number three. Number two,
0: holding strong again, the Atlanta Braves.
1: Yep, those Atlanta Braves just talked about in that series with the O's. The O's are legit. They came to town for the Braves and the Braves had a really good series against them. They're 24 and 11. Uh Ronald Acuña continues to be Ronald Acuña and I, I I really enjoy watching the Braves right now. They're so much fun doing the little things right, doing the big things right, hitting the balls out of the yard, uh pitching well. Max Fried is back, so Atlanta Braves stand put at number 2.
0: And at number 1, the best team in baseball, the Tampa Bay Rays. Yeah, there's no doubt here. No.
1: My number one team again this week in my top ten Major League Baseball Power Rankings is the Tampa Bay Rays, who just continue to be the best team in the game of baseball and being historically good to start the season. So naturally, they round out this week's top ten Major League Baseball Power Rankings.
0: Third week in a row at number one.
1: Third week in a row. Yeah. Good for them. Yeah. Good for them. Good for the start they're having this year, and uh, they they appear to be – do not count these guys. I feel like it was kind of a little bit slept on uh-huh. at the beginning of the year, but like now there's maybe they're just it's
0: just pretty, a lucky run. It's yeah, like, no, they you know, are that good.
1: Yeah, they're they're that good. They are. It's, stacked, it's been a blast to watch, oof, and, I and love it's it. weird the, like the way they, they don't have like position players that every single like they're getting they're getting production from like twelve to thirteen different guys I offensively, and their pitching is really. It's incredible to watch what the Rays are doing right now. So they're at number one, and that rounds out the Power Rankings and today's Monday episode of Flippin' Bats. Thank you all for listening. Always a jam-packed show with a lot of action to get you all. Thank you for listening. Make sure you check out and make sure you subscribe to Flipping Bats wherever you listen to your podcast, Apple or Spotify or wherever. We're also on all social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. And you can watch every single episode on YouTube as well, at Flippin' Bats Pod for all of them. That does it for this Monday episode. I hope you all had a great weekend. We are back with some baseball and back with Flippin' Bats. Until tomorrow, this has been another episode.